Welcome. What's up? What's going on? We are back from a eventful combine weekend. CFL and NFL combines going on this weekend. Man, Canadians down south doing the damn thing. Yeah, PJ Wade's cat in the background. It's on the table like he's not supposed to be. Has got my attention. He was peeking over your over your shoulder there. It was great. It was good. He knows. He only goes on countertops and tables when we're near or not looking. Also, Wade posted a story. Remy's awareness level, not great. Man, he Remy's was tracking. Speed, speed ball tracking, okay. phenomenal. It was good. We have a little, was, I agree with your grade. We have a little toy football. Nerf, little Nerf football for Remy. I can throw that thing to him. He'll catch it all the time. As soon as we go outside, he'll like maybe catch one, two, and then he'll just find other things to do. So well, the I was elements, out there the throwing snowballs with him. I was throwing snowballs at him, like lobbing them up for him. And he would follow it and then just find something else to jump at. Yeah. So the attention to detail had to drop a little bit. I can relate there. I can relate there. However, uh, good good spot to start. We're talking about combat. We're talking about metrics. Bro, the speed. CFP fans, if you got your dogs, CFP dogs, get them in. We love to see them. Dogs, cats, animals, CFP animals. Get them in. We love them. Uh, okay, we got to talk about the speed of my dog, though. The other night, I let him out. Connor, I'm not kidding you. He was jumping like four-foot sections at a full sprint. I've, I've outran my dog. He is not that fast. But all of a sudden, he was tracking four feet at a time to get to our back fence because he saw a squirrel go up in the tree. Poor squirrel. <laughs> the poor squirrel. Speaking about animals, let's talk about Tavis Robinson in the NFL Combine. My word. My See word. See you My word. See you See never. never. Guelph, Ontario prospect. Let's just read out his measurables here real quick. 6'6", 257, 33 and 3 fourths of a wingspan, 9 and 5 eighths. His hand size, which like doesn't matter at all anymore. I'm done with it. But this dude went hand out. Hand size does matter. Don't let people fool you. Yeah, Kenny Pickett disagrees. Joe Burrow disagrees. But Tavis Joe Robinson... Burrow. 46640, 1.63 10-yard split, 33 and a half vert, 10 foot broad, 462 20 20 yard shuttle. And this man put up 23 damn reps on the bench press. Tavis Robinson, see you never. All right. <clears throat> I'm running back. Standing. Let me get to his page here. <laughs> at running back standing five foot nine and a half with a 10 inch hand size uh 31 inch arms 443 40 inch vertical 107 on the broad mr chase brown bro his 40 he was cruising moving i was impressed he uh, he certainly put on a show. Uh, it's a stack running back class, though, right? Like we've got Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs. Is Chase Brown gonna be like 
Steele. I know people are looking at Mohamed Ibrahim as well from Minnesota, like it's another Big Ten guy. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is another former Big Ten, now UCLA. There's yeah. some real good running back prospects. Um, don't know where Chase Brown will go. If you might get overlooked, maybe fourth round, third round. Really? But... You think? I was going to say, like, I, I was going to say third to fourth round. He's probably, in my mind, again, this might be a little bit biased because of our nationalities here and whatever, but I, in my mind, Chase Brown is probably the third best running back in this class. <clears throat> but when we look at, like, uh, who was it a couple of years ago? Uh, Chuba Hubbard. There's a lot of guys that you can find in space. Yeah. Yeah. But Chuba's, right. Chuba's versatility speaks for itself. You ready for Sydney and Brown? Speed. Goddamn. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm not. I watched it and I'm still not ready. 447 with a 151 split, 40 and a half inch vertical, 10 10 broad, and 23 reps on bench. Weighing 211 pounds. Wait, wait, Connor. We're going to get into this later. Did you hear that? 23 reps of 225 while not even weighing as much as you're lifting? Insane. Uh. Insane. Uh, I would like to also shout out the offensive lineman, Matthew Bergeron, City Sal. Uh, oh, huge <clears throat> days. Read him out. Oh, I Hold on here. City Sal, they don't have all the stuff in for the offensive linemen. They're just missing bench press, but uh, 469 shuttle, uh, 92 broad, 32 inch vert, 1 8 on the 10 yard split. I'm liking it. Well, that's the thing. Combine rank on NFL.com. Athleticism score, he was second for offensive guards. Ninth overall. That's the thing for me. Like, yeah, everybody like loves to watch the 40, loves to look at the 40, loves the speed that guys possess now in the 40. But for offensive linemen, I don't care. I don't care how fast or how like how fast you can run a 40-yard dash. I'm looking at your 10-yard split. I'm looking at how fast you get off the ball in the the 10 to 20-yard range. I do not care. I do not give a s about an offensive lineman running a 40-yard dash. Unless your quarterback is Zach Wilson, you do not need to motor downfield. <laughs> uh, all right. Matthew Bergeron, Connor. Uh, had, a, had a nice day as well. Um, get down to some, they haven't put in all of his stats, but uh, according to the Next Gen stats, he is the 10th ranked overall tackle. 75 overall score, point or 6.39 prospect grade. Uh, those guys are verging on C and ever players. If I can, we know the Brown brothers are C and ever. Those guys are starting to verge on it. Yeah. No, I agree. But I mean, I still think, and again, to to bring this back to our country, our league, Canadian football, Canadian football league, they're verging on C and Ever. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, but there, I think to me, in terms of CFL draft, and we're not, I don't know if we're quite yet into mock draft season, we're getting there. But I, I think to me, they're still worth late round CFL picks for sure, or territorial 
Yeah, Territorial could be a good spot for these guys. Uh, as we've seen with so many players that are going away south of the border. Uh, Connor, we did have a CFL Invitational Combine. Oh, yes, we did. At the you want a beautiful, beautiful indoor facility at Waterloo. We were there uh, last year. We didn't get to get there. We no, weren't able to my, get there this year. This one is my bad because I, I can't also miss my day bad. of work. Also my bad. I, I just started a new role, um, so I couldn't miss a day either. Okay, so let's let's discuss this. Who are the 12 guys? Yes, 12 that moved All on right. to the National Combine. I'll, I'll rip them off for you here real quick. We'll go position player school. So we have defensive back Tolu Ahmed from your Toronto Varsity Blues. We have receiver Gabriel Apayakubi from York. DB Jacob Biggs, we've spoken about him. Calgary Dinos program. Linebacker Maxime Charbonneau from my University of Ottawa GGs. Offensive okay, so we're one for one. Ooh. Uh, th- this one counts for both of us, I think. Offensive lineman Theo Grant, Queens University, the program we grew up watching. Tight end. Tight end. Sebastian Howard, St. Mary's yeah, Huskies. That's huge. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> lot of Huskies here, man. We got to run a three of them. Defensive <sighs> lineman Marcus Jean Lochet, St. Mary's. Again, we've spoken about him at length. Great prospect, defensive lineman. Aiden John, St. Mary's. Very you intriguing to me. Yeah. Receiver Zachariah Kareem. St. Effects X-Men, again, another guy we spent time on. Defensive lineman Colin Cornelson, Manitoba, your guy, Colin Cornelson. Offensive lineman Alexander Marco McGill. And then one of my guys, one of my receivers from the Saskatchewan Huskies program, <laughs> Caleb Morin, joining oh, Daniel Perry at the Natty. I love both of those guys, and you know it. Okay, so listen to this with uh, <laughs> Sebastian Howard, the tight end from SMU. 6'5", 220 with a 31-inch vert and an inch and a half away from a 10-foot broad jump. Connor! <laughs> you know what that tells me? You know what that tells me right there? Just he's throw the ball to the back of the end zone and he's going to go box somebody out and get it. You want it? We're, we're, we've been talking about it. It's a trend. This like NBA to football comparison, you want a power forward in the post. This guy, Sebastian Howard, is your power forward in the post. Absolutely. Uh okay, where do we want to go with this? Because there's a lot of directions that we can go for the invitational combine. Let's stay on the t- the 12 moving on for a second. I just want to get your opinion. What do you like? What are you surprised about? Uh Really liked the <clears throat> Colin Cornelson. I I knew you a were a big going fan. <laughs> no, twenty one reps. I mean, yeah, good vert as well with thirty, uh, thirty and a half. But uh, to me, Connor, his strength inside is where he makes his money. That's why he's so good at the point of attack, and uh, he was able to show it. So I was not surprised to see Colin Cornelson move on. What I will say, though, is with the two offensive linemen moving on, that means that for the new found system for the combine where they're practicing for a week straight, there are seven offensive linemen in total. 
That is going to be a lot of call outs. Lot that is that's a five man front, obviously. There are going to be subs. some dogged guys by the end of day two. Oh in yeah, these practices. Oh yeah. So uh, interested to see that at the next uh, stage, but no, another guy, Jacob Biggs. We've been talking about him for two years. Yep. Came out, showed out, really, really good shuttle. Led everyone in the shuttle. Um, had a good forty times while four seven four. Uh, I was happy with Jacob Biggs. Very happy. Yeah, no, so was I. But I think like a little bit, if I can be so bold, to be expected with Jacob Biggs there. Again, like you said, we've been talking about talking about him for two years. We know he's an athlete. We know he's a prospect. We know he's a product of a great university program. So Jacob Jacob Biggs moving on, not so much a surprise for me, more of an expectation. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. guy that did... Now, are you going to talk about a pie? Kubi, because one no. a day, holy crap. No, if you want to talk about him, go ahead. I got another guy that really surprised me. So I, I will let you take the floor here for Apaya Kubi, uh, the receiver out of York, because gosh dang, he had a day. Connor, this is your chance to find a small receiver and fall in love all over again. Five, nine and a half, 156 pounds soaking wet. Still put up. Five reps, so keep this in mind. We talked about Sidney Brown doing 23 at 211. Apaya Kubi did five at 156, 156 pounds. So 69 pounds lighter than the weight he is lifting. Five reps of 225. I think that's a massive win. Then you turn around and he runs off 44840, jumps a 37-inch vertical, a 10-7 and change broad jump. Oh, and then he runs some of the fastest three cones and shuttles that we see on the day. Freak. I agree. I agree. I just want to play devil's advocate here for a second. Does the weight not give you a little bit of pause? The size and weight. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. And I don't know if he got the move on from the regional combine or invitational combine. Just because they want to see can the weight and can the athleticism translate against more competition? Can he do it again? Let's see more of him. Because let's face it, Connor, York may have all these freak athletes. They did not have a quarterback <laughs> who could get them the ball. And maybe no. that's the case with uh, Apaya Kubi, right? Yeah. Kind of like Luther Hakanvanu, but freak the spectrum. Where this guy was a freak in every metric statistically possible because yeah. he's so massive, but he had next to no production because they didn't have a quarterback who could throw it to him. Maybe that's the same with Apaya Kubi. He's this ultra small, lightweight asset, but he just flies and can burn everyone under the sun. And you know what? He possesses relative to his body size, he's got great strength. So maybe there's something yeah. more to it. Um, that's my that's my kind of next question going into this like obviously and we know from being around over the last few years and and kind of going through the process during camps ourselves like is this a little bit strategic is it drop weight move fast right now and then put the weight back on when it matters when it comes to camp after you're drafted right like 
or get was light, it move fast during the combine get your metrics up get your speed up get all those numbers up and then when camp comes around after you're drafted after you're on a roster put the weight back on uh <clears throat> okay hold on we're gonna answer this question he weighed 160 pounds for york was listed at 511 though so i uh did he shrink what do you think the measuring with cleats on versus cleats off. I don't know. There's so many variables here, but like, yeah. Listed at 5'11", and then he's two inches shorter. Maybe they measured him with cleats on at York. Maybe they just boosted his stats a little bit. Maybe it was the old offset technique where, you know, you're listing your, your height and weight a little bit taller, a little bit larger than you might be. And then you get to the combine and they give you your official. I don't know. Either way. Uh, fantastic day by he had a by great day. He had a great uh, day. Interested to see what it does for his draft stock because I don't know. And this is this is going to sound rude, but it's being more realistic than anything. I don't know if this actually boosts his draft stock enough to put him in the in draft day, getting selected. I think he has done enough, certainly, to earn a camp invite. I think he will he yes. will end up in a CFL camp somewhere. And does but he just, just serve as a returner for someone who can absolutely. catch a kick return and just burn down the sidelines? But or just because that... the, the nature of the CFL draft, right? Like, there's so few rounds. There's only, there's, there's only so many spots that go out in the draft. But then, you know, the draft ends and we see however many guys getting camp invites. So, I think... You know, it, it wouldn't shock me to see him be selected as a late round pick. Like Colton Clawson, last round of the draft, just it, come in and see what you get in camp. Exactly. And the other thing that I want to mention is, you know, yes, we we harp on York all the time as a as an OUA program. But let's not forget they have good York athletes. guys, they transfer, they transfer to the CFL, they transfer to football. They're good athletes. They have Hunchak, Nico, Nikola Klinic. Like, that's two right there that are Luther. good athletes. Luther Hockenavano. <laughs> Wait until two weeks from now when you see Matt Dean running around as a linebacker. Right. They have like, guys. Uh, Chris Kolonowski as well with the Bombers. Dogs. He's a York guy. Dogs. Um, all right. The guy oh, that surprised what? me, the guy that surprised me, Aiden John, St. Mary's, measured at six, three and a half. Two pounds shy of 250, put a 14 reps on the bench, ran a 488 as a defensive lineman, 32-inch broad jump, almost 10 feet. Or sorry, I said 32-inch broad. I meant 32-inch vert. Almost 10 feet in the broad jump. He went 9, 10, and 3 eighths. Then he goes and runs a 7 40 in the three cone and a four six in the shuttle. Aiden John had a day, had a day. And I know we again ragged on on St. Mary's a little bit for their season this year, but they have athletes left, right, and center. Aiden John went out there and proved that. And he's one of the 12 moving on. Uh all right. We want to talk about some uh, some negatories for. Uh... Well, yeah, I still have a question mark. Why the hell did Cody Hale not move on? Yeah, okay, and this this might be us not being there, but uh, 
certainly from a testing perspective, it looked like he checked every box he needed to, right? He has the height, he has the weight, he had the reps, he had the 40, he had the vert, he had the broad, he had the three cone, he had the shuttle, like he was moving, moving. Yeah, and uh, it might be a case of the one-on-ones, or maybe people have just seen enough, and they're like, yeah, we're comfortable with that. But if to me, like if you've seen enough, why not bring him up? Yeah. Um, but, Connor, let's talk about some negatives from... From the combine. Uh, okay, okay. Before we get into this, everyone watched Anthony Richardson absolutely tear apart the combine in Indianapolis this weekend. Correct? Yes? We're all good? Yeah, he you moved himself into a top 10 pick. You saw that 20-year-old from Florida just, you know. And everybody's like, oh, but his tape, but his tape. Yeah, he played for a shitty Florida team. Get the hell out of here. <clears throat> okay. Connor, is it tougher? And I want to hear people feedback on this too. Is it tougher to be the top in every event at the combine or the absolute bottom? In your mind, is it tougher to be like just that shit and everything or that bad in your training? Or is it tougher to be every other single contestant in every single event without steroids? Had to make that clarification. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's my for me, in my opinion, it is much harder to be at the top of the class, at the top of your position, at the top of your game than it is to be at the bottom. Because to me, when you're at the bottom, it comes down to two things. It comes down to your willingness and your focus and preparation and or the strength and conditioning team no, no, no. Okay, okay. that you're surrounded by. But I'm saying to you, like, you can't DNP everything. You're doing it. Like, you are physically trying your ass off. And you're going to run, like, a Rich Eisen time in the 40. You're going to get pinned under a rep, let's say. You're going to have a negative vertical, like your knees are going to break or something when you go to load up for your jump. You get maybe an inch or two. Nah, that's unrealistic. A foot, we'll say and your jumps are just going to be bad, like your lateral movement and your stationary jumps. Um, or are you being like a freak athlete? Uh, who did we see a couple years? Like, oh, who really? I'm trying to think of like some of the freaks that have demolished everything. <clears throat> but still, you get the point. Yeah, I still think it's I I still think it's harder to be at the top than it is to be at the bottom. Yeah, like you're saying to be the top in everything, there just has to be some kind of genetic unicorn component. Yeah, like you're an X-Men, like you are a mutant at that point. Well, we almost had someone that a thousand at the CFL invitational combine. The opposite way that you are supposed to bat. <laughs> Like he's turning up and trying to hit the ball into the umpire if he's lining up in the batting uh, batter's box. It was a yeah. It was a <laughs> it was a ground out. It was a ground out. It was a wobbly ground out. Okay, here it comes. You ready? 
Connor, it's not a Wednesday. But the claws are coming out for this one. Here we go. And yes, I just did what you thought I just did. Cracking uh, a white claw for everybody, everybody who's listening. Samuel Shabbat, Bishops, are you ready? But I think like to preface this, like the expectations were high because the tape is pretty good. And if I'm not mistaken, was an East-West bowler. That's what I mean. Yes. Yeah, he was. And the the tape is there. The tape is pretty good. But the testing was not, which is where I fall back on. This This is not on, like, it's on him. It's his reps. It's his preparedness. It's his metrics at the end of the day. But what on God's green earth? was the strength and conditioning team doing to get him ready for the combine was not an east west bowler last year my apologies but i think he was in conversation maybe was two years ago but still like connor said what in the actual f is your strength conditioning staff doing and we're never rooting for a guy to do poorly like this ever we want to see everyone do fantastic i want to see every single player hit over 20 reps on bench i want to see everybody jump a 10 foot broad like it's my yeah i i don't want to rag on on samuel shabbat the person but it's more so to me like what the hell was the strength and conditioning team doing (sighs) to get them ready like what sort of combine prep was done what what are you doing to get them ready like how do you prepare a guy this poorly for the CFL combine? Okay. This poorly is this bad. Bench press at 308 pounds. Let's let's backtrack. Let's recall some of the shit we've talked about. 150-something pound Gabriel Payakubi hit five reps. 211 pound Sidney Brown hit 23 reps. Let's look at some of the other guys that benched Am LeClair Polk from Ottawa, who is short arms, less than, short arms. <laughs> no, less than 200 pounds, put up 25 reps, and it was the most. Ethan Bissell, Simon Frazier, receiver, 171, eight reps. That's Tyrese Veneer Cox from Manitoba at 320, put up 22 reps. Uh, <laughs> Theo Grant, 22 reps from Queens at 279. Cody Hale at 209 with long arms, 12 reps. Okay, let's Donovan Bergmeyer at six foot freaking five put up 21 reps. All right, here we go. Sam Shabbat, 308 pounds, two reps. The only guys worse than him were DNPs, the Michael O'Shea doppelganger, (laughs) and who hit zero uh, at 180 pounds, and Ethan Mastin, XDB, who hit one rep. At 181 pounds. So you look at his the hips are good him. though. He's got smooth hips. I will there's say one, that. There's one D lineman who weighs over 200 pounds uh, who hit three reps. The next person to weigh over 200 pounds was Riley Gabriel, uh, DB from Acadia, who hit seven reps at 208. So that means from seven. To zero, there are two guys over 200 pounds. One of them is over 300 pounds, 
and got two reps. Okay, now we're going to the 40s. DNPs, slowest on the board, Samuel Shabbat, 648. Uh, vertical, DNPs, Samuel Shabbat, 17. So we're two of three right now. Broad jump, that must have been a typo. Macro, or Marcos Bakru at one foot. Uh, he jumps very well. I don't think he got one foot on his broad jump. Maybe meant to say 10 feet. Um, Samuel Shabbat, six, five and three quarters. So he is, he is the worst in that because Macros or Marcos Bakru did not jump one foot on the broad jump. He could step further than that. Three cone. Not last. <laughs> Someone was one one hundredth of a second slower. Shuttle. You want to take a guess, Connor? Last. Last. So if we're looking at it, Man. bench press and the three cone were the only two things that he did not finish dead last in. And the and I'm saying for the three cone. One one hundredth of a second, pick your poison. Uh, bench press, the other two guys, he almost weighed double the other two guys. I, again, I, I just keep falling back to like, and I hate to like. Well, no, like I, I don't want to trash the guy either, Connor, but when it comes down to it, yeah. you had. What did sense. you do to prepare? What did your school do to help you prepare? It is March 3rd when like, you go to this. Your season ended, if I look, the OUA playoffs started the 29th of October. Okay, so we'll give them a couple weeks. National semifinal was the 19th. Uh, conference championships on the 12th. We'll say his season ended on the 5th of November. November, December, January, February, March. Five whole months. I don't know, man. What is your SNC team doing? Did they give you a four-month vacation? Dude. Did you just not work out in season? Are your workouts in season just mobility and stretching? You're not trying to maintain any weight on your frame? Like, this is not about Sam Shabbat. His name no, gets tied no, to no, because no, he's no. the guy that put up the reps. This is more about Bishop's strength conditioning. For a team that likes to run the ball and play good defense, do you not need some physicality and strength to be able to have those play styles? Yeah, you do. And I would I would agree. And I, I his name is escaping me right now, but even, even last year in the 2022 combine, there was a Bishop's DB that again we had high expectations for and didn't perform like what what is going on at bishops in their weight room right now that is allowing somebody with a frame that's almost six five three ten that should be cfl size frame to not put up cfl caliber metrics okay let's go to the offensive line here because that this is the good comparison chris verhan uh Old teammate of mine, 290, 14 reps at the center. Parker Hodel, Game of Thrones character, uh, 337 hit 14 reps. So all the guys over 300, Connor. We're putting are up reps. Hitting it. Yeah. They're hitting it. They're hitting double digits. Troy Cowell, 313, 10 reps. Like, I, 
I don't know. To me, I'm just with Bishops, you have to look internally. Jake Kelly's coming out next week for Bishops. He's a small DB. Is he going to move weight? Or is I'm he curious gonna... to see. I'm curious to see what his development over this five-month period has looked like. I'm curious to see. Is he going to put up more than two reps on the bench? Because, yeah, if Jake Kelly comes out and crushes it, then all of a sudden this conversation shifts back from, oh, my God, Bishop strength conditioning to, whoa, Sam Shabbat. And that's when the player will get kind of the looks. But uh, <laughs> they, I don't want to hear look at this tape. You can look at tape all you want. If you're trying to measure someone stepping up in their level of competition, you need to have some kind of a baseline for the player as a whole, whether that is their base level of strength, their base level of speed, even simply their metrics. Geez, he looks huge. Who's he playing against? Oh, everyone he's playing against is five foot six. He's actually only six feet tall. Oh, all of a sudden, not that big. There's an aspect to it where, yes, you can look at tape, but you have to have physical check marks yeah. and the combine serves as that. You but can't man, check even, it. I don't want to hear look your tape. To stay on this point, like Xavier Opong Watson from Mount A, 5'8", 170, repped it four times. Man, Apaya Kubi repped it five. Well, yes, he literally we, we, weighs we, half of the weight of yeah, Sam five, nine, he he's five, nine and a half, 156, he hit five reps. I'm not a world beater. I hit, I've hit 10 reps before. I will, I'll be the first to admit when I first came in, I was six, whatever, six on the dot, 180 pounds. I freaking buried myself and cracked my sternum, but I still put up four reps before I dropped the goddamn weight. And then that off season, we had a pretty good strength program by next year. I put up eight to 10 reps. At yeah. 190, I put on 10 pounds and my bench ran up. My bench went up by four or five reps. That's why I'm just struggling with it. To say... and you and I have long freaking arms, so like that's not not an excuse anymore. It yeah. sucks. It sucks. Not it's a, it's a detriment, but it's not an excuse. It's a great thing to have on the field. But it's an awful thing when you're doing physical testing uh, that involves you moving weights certain distances multiple times. <laughs> It really does suck. Uh, all right. I will say I'm extremely, extremely, extremely excited for the National Combine. Lots of questions will be answered. We know that certain schools have certain strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, it's going to get hectic when they're testing because we got a lot of guys. We got a lot of <laughs> teams that are going to be trying to show out. A lot of strength coaches that will be on the case and whoever these guys are privately training with will be on it. I I feel bad that we've spent some time trashing a player. I don't feel so bad about, you know, talking down on the school because you're doing a disservice to guys that have given four plus years of their lives to you as a team. And if you do the disservice to not train them as well as you possibly could be to go on a national stage like this, then that's a shame on you. Yeah. And and don't get us wrong. Cut the tape on Samuel Shabbat's tape. Looks pretty, pretty good. Not bad. Not bad bad at all. Like 99th on the top 100, but it's not bad. Football 
football performance, on-field performance. He can play ball. I thought you were going to do the Coach Schneider. Football feels good. <laughs> football feels good. But, yeah, no, uh, when you watch his tape, you can see football feels good. But the combine clearly did not feel good. And I think that's less on Sam Shabbat, more on what the damn hell is going on at Bishops. 60-40 Bishops in the blame pie. Yeah. No, wait, wait. We'll go 58, 38, 4% travel and jet lag. Sure. (laughs) Sure. All right. I'll take it. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's shift gears here a little bit. Let's stay on the, the combine before we close the episode out. We have a really fun episode coming up for Thursday. I'm very excited to get into this conversation. I have a feeling it's not going to surround football too, too much. Still will, but maybe not as much. We won't spoil it just yet, but let's stay on the combine. Who surprised you other than Cody Hale? Who surprised you that didn't move on? Because there was a lot of names that still put up some damn good numbers and they're not going to be national invite guys. So who were kind of some of your biggest surprises of the weekend that didn't move on, that still had great days? Special teamers! Yeah, Luke Burton gone! Are you uh, just are you just playing to Shamari Williams, who's been in our, our comment no, section no. for days here? Connor, no, he's Connor, correct. Connor, Connor. He's correct. Don't get me wrong. We're making jokes here, but no. Shamari is 100% correct. No, my my... Where I where I come to a crux with, uh, how do you move a pure from. long snapper on? I agree. Honestly, yeah, I uh, we have another guy, James Young, who usually uh, responds to our stuff, saying uh, helped out the last couple of years with an elementary after school program. Uh, but I'll say uh. <clears throat> He worked with the D-lines 1v1 in Indy, but listed as a long snapper. I think that's why you can't he, – he might be more than a long snapper, and that's great. A team will get him in and say, like, hey, you can play all of our specials for us and be our permanent long snapper. Hell yeah. yeah. Bring on the extra roster spot. But to say, like, we already had the specialist combine, right? We now have long snappers at this combine – uh, if you look at the uh, national, there are no long snappers, no specialists. Period. Yeah, some guys may get asked to do that. Well, they have the, I think, they have the specialist camp now going on, yeah. like down south, right? So. That's where Campbell Fair is. Um, so I think that's that's where it comes. Like, oh, how come he didn't move on? He did some drills with the D line, but when you're a certain long snapper. You've got your trade. Show up. They don't need to see you do it twice. No, he, I agree. He made himself such a name. I think I saw Blake Nil tweet out uh, a screenshot of a text saying, like, next time we talk, I'm asking you about Luke Burton Cron. Yeah. Uh, those that are wondering, 18 reps at bench, 48440. He's going to be the second person down in punt coverage. No, uh, <laughs> uh, 34 inch vert, 910 broad. Uh, just a real solid day all around. He had a damn day. A great day. When you look at it from the perspective of he's 237, you're like, 
There's some pretty good numbers. I'm quite happy with that. But, Connor, we're always going to shine our light on special teamers wherever we can. Oh, we love And this man from the T-Birds absolutely crushed the other two long snappers that were in attendance. It was not even funny. Yep. Luke Burton Cron. I'm sad he didn't get to move on. I understand why he didn't get to move on. But man, bring Every on day. the special. Is a long snapper going to make the draft 100 for the first time ever? He's going to have to now. He definitely is now. Gonna have We're going to have our first ever long snapper. It's happening. Yeah. We're man, putting him like, in the oranges. <laughs> 100% agree. 100% oh. agree. Yeah, no, he, right. he had a day. I, I totally get why he's not moving on. I totally get, like, I, I get the whole process. I get the selection. I, I think, I don't know, like, I know I saw Shamari going back and forth with uh, Nuevo. Eric Nuevo, and, you know, Nuevo was making some great points as well. Listen, I think, I think it was Shamari. I think it was Shamari who said, you know, if he if he mixed in some more defensive lineman drills, maybe he would have moved on. Sure. I agree with that 100%. But, like, to have this day as a pure long snapper, clap it up. Clap it up for <clears throat> LBK because he well, had a I think, I think if you look at it, CFL perspective, too, 237 on a D lineman. Like, what weight did we see that on last year, Connor? Like, last time we saw a lineman that light move on was last year with Enoch uh, Penilaria. But – he blew the doors off running the 40. So unless you're going to do that, you may crush the other long, long snappers, but unless you're going to be the top dog, it's real tough. And he still got moved to linebacker right away with the Argos. So, uh, Connor, who's your guy that surprised you but did not move on? There's a few. There's a few. And I saw. I saw a good argument on on Twitter, and maybe it's the size. We're talking about, like, small guys that I should arguably fall in love with after Gavin Cobb, but Ethan Beslett <laughs> from Simon Fraser had a great day. Basel? He came in. He's listed, he's listed on the SFU site at 5'9". He measured at 5'8". He's 171. And an eighth. And an eighth. But at 170, <laughs> he repped it. He repped 225 eight times at 170, ran a 463, jumped a 35 and a half inch vert, 10, or sorry, 9.8 and a quarter broad, 7093 cone, and a blazing fast shuttle at 425. Again, maybe it's the size thing. It's got to be the size thing. But the undersized receiver the trend is. <laughs> gotta be the shoes the undersized receiver thing is coming around it's becoming a trend a little bit a little bit um he had a day like in terms of pure metrics he had a day i'm a little bit surprised that he wasn't selected but at the end of the day not so surprised i went back and looked at the shrumble stats he went four for like 106 and a touchdown that was the one receiver that <laughs> late Cordy Moore was talking to us about. He's good. He's a he's a good he player, but it's I think it's the size thing for me as to why he didn't move on. Uh, so when we look at last year with like Cobb and Borsma, 
the 40 was a 5-3. Vert was a 40-inch Vert, and they were over 10 in the broad uh, for Cobb. Borsma was 4-5, 40 and a half, 10-foot broad as well. So these guys got after it. But when we look at uh, Bissell, 4-6-3, so not as bad. Uh, 35. Meanwhile, like, they're, <laughs> Gavin Cobb didn't bench well, but remember, he schooled everybody in their one-on-ones. Yeah, I mean, Gavin Cobb is special, and it was reflected in the fact that, you know, he might have not have made the Elks this year as a as a full-time roster player, but he was still mossing dudes at 5'9 in training camp. We saw him make some some impressive plays in the Elks preseason camp this year. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Anything else for you today? I don't think so. I, I, I think, yeah, I, th- I think there was some surprises. There was some shocks. There was some guys that I wanted to do better that maybe didn't do as well. Um, some guys that we kind of expected to move on that did. But overall, I'm, I, I was, you know, happy with the way the combine turned out. I'm excited to see what goes down at the National Combine. I'm excited for our conversation with a certain Laurier Goldenhawk coming up this week. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's combine season. I'm excited. I'm I'm over the moon right now. This is this is our time, dude. I know. Unfortunately, uh, we kind of hinted to it in our last interview two episodes ago. We will not be in Edmonton. I know we were planning on it. Uh, jobs, placements, weddings, uh, wicked time of the year. Uh, just life gets in the way. But next year, hopefully, it's not across the country. Uh, but Connor and I will not be there this year. Next year. Looking pretty promising, though, from a 12-month-out perspective. <laughs> Dude, we are going to – yes, we, we can't be at the Combine this year, unfortunately. But nonetheless, we are going to have some exciting stuff coming down the pipe. We're going to hit draft season so goddamn hard. We are going to be hitting U-Sports season even harder. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. All right. And uh, I think that's it for today, then. Uh, If you're getting ready for summer coaching season, because, you know, it's just around the corner. Teams have already started. They're training. Uh, Fox40shop.com will get you ready. They have the worldwide leader in Whistle Tech, along with different merchandise and coaching gear for you to buy. If you'd like 15% off, use the code CFP15 to do so at checkout. Uh, on anything in the store, Fox 40, the worldwide leader in whistle tap. For Connor and I, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective, uh, enjoy the first half of your week. Oh,